Welcome to the Stepping Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Gingrich, a busy working mom who spent years searching for the perfect career and balance, only to find it's not about the job and that balance is not even real. I have found myself in love with personal development, which has led me to leaving my full-time job with nothing but a prayer and a ton of faith. Today, I'm bringing you inspiration through my own journey and interviews with amazing people who have followed their dreams and teaching you how to love yourself and become who you are meant to be. It is time to redefine life as a working mom. And I hope that you find the inspiration here to follow your dreams and take your own path through this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, welcome to the Stepping Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Gingrich. I'm not really sure why I sung that, but I did. <laughs> uh, today, I've got a solo episode for you, and it's it's a topic that I actually wasn't really planning to talk about, but one that kind of came to me earlier today. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to share it. It was something that just kind of clicked in my head. I was my husband and I were talking about some things and then I had time to kind of think about it and I started to put pieces together and I was like, oh, that might be really interesting to talk about. So I'm sure I have notes that this should go in some sort of fashion and order, but I apologize if it does get a little all over the place. I will do my best, but I really, most of the time when I do my podcast or my live videos, I basically have notes and then just kind of know what I want to say or the idea I want to get out and I really just kind of let it flow out of me. So that's, that is what I'm doing today. All right, here we go. All right. So if you don't know, I have two boys. My kids are six and four. My four-year-old just turned four back in March and if you've never heard me talk about him or mention him, he's got a big personality. He's just a big personality. He's got lots of really big emotions and he's always really been that way. And that's just kind of who he is. If he feels a certain way, you know how he feels. He He's not shy on showing you his emotions if he's mad or sad or upset or if he's happy and, and lovey and enjoy like he... And no matter what the emotion is, it's very, very big. And it can switch like any kid. It can switch instantaneously. And it's been really hard because he is so different than our older son, our six-year-old, who's very much more chill, very laid back, um, very much more introverted, more happy playing by himself, not really affected by others. Like he's got feelings, but he just doesn't show them as big as his, his brother does. So as a parent... You really have to learn how to parent differently. And I, I guess a parent of more than one child would understand this, that your kids are different and they're all different human beings and they have different personalities and you really learn this. So I feel like we're really coming into this within the last two years of, oh my gosh, I can't parent my second son. Like the things that worked on my first son don't work for my second. Like I just had to really reevaluate not necessarily entirely how I parented, but just kind of how I handled things. Or, oh, if I did this with one, he reacted this way. Or if I, you know, if I do the one, two, three counting, so one of them reacts in this way and the other one reacts this way. One listens because he doesn't like it. The other one hates it. 
he gets so, uh, so my older son, if you do one, two, three, he will listen to you. If you set a timer, he will listen to the timer. He is my rule follower. He likes the rules, how they are. Don't mess with the rules. If things go off the rules, he doesn't like it. He is my husband. Then my younger one, if you do the one, two, three, he gets so emotional. It's, it's like the pressure on him. He doesn't appreciate. And he's like, don't count, don't count, don't count. I don't want you to count. And he kind of starts getting all upset. Like, please don't count. Please don't count. And it's, it's almost easier if you don't because otherwise he gets upset and then it ends up taking longer. So hopefully you can kind of see where I'm getting at. And again, I don't know if you're a parent and you have children and you're listening to this and you get it because I'm sure your kids are completely different or you might be able to parent a certain way and it works for you, but it doesn't work for somebody else. So anyway, that's just, this is just a preface to where I'm getting at where our younger son who just turned four, I just has these big, big emotions. And as a parent, it's just trying to figure them all out. And it's funny because for his first year of life, probably from about six months to about a year close, he hated my husband, hated him. Didn't want to be near him. Didn't want to be help for him. It was all, it was all about mommy. He's been a mama's boy literally from day one. And I'm not complaining completely about it, but so he hated my husband for quite a few months. He came around a little bit, but still it was always like mommy over daddy, mommy over daddy for almost anything. And it wasn't even just those little things of like, well, of course, when they're sad, they want mommy. No, it was no daddy. Don't talk to me. But then I could walk up and talk to him and everything would be fine. What my husband said to me the other day that really sparked all of this in me was he goes, um, so our younger son's name is Darren. And he goes, Darren's been like, he's really been loving on my husband and really excited to see him when he gets home and letting him do things for him. Like daddy couldn't even get snacks for him. Daddy couldn't do anything for him. And as a mom, you know, that can be exhausting when you're like, would you please just, just let your father read you a book tonight. Like I just need a night off. And, uh, what happened recently was he started asking my husband to do things. He started wanting him to be home more. And I mean, I was fully doing the bedtime routine. And one day within the last few weeks, Darren said to me, again, my four-year-old said to me, my husband must've went to the gym that night. So he's been going to the gym at night, uh, typically like, you know, when the kids go to bed and he said, why does he was upset? Why is daddy always at the gym at bedtime? I want daddy to be here with me. I want him to see songs. And it's funny when I say that to my husband and I tell him it's, <laughs> I wish you could visualize it, but he would literally just, nothing would matter. The minute Darren asked for him, he was like, oh my God, he needs me. I'm there. And you'll push me out of the way. Like, oh my God. So I believe just saying that to him allowed him to make sure he was home a little bit more and maybe go to the gym after they went to bed or making a point to say, Hey, Darren, I'm going to the gym. Can I sing you songs now? And then I'm going to go to the gym. And so there was that shift in it. And he said to me again, my husband said to me the other day, Darren's really coming around. Like he's, he's more calm. He's more reasonable. Uh, I can talk to him more. He wants me around more and all of these things. And it just, it just made my husband really happy. And it used to be kind of a big cause of stress for him of like, why does he, you know, why does he hate me so much? Like, what did I do? And, and it's, he, my husband even said it, that it started to ease his stress. He goes, I'm a little less stressed. I don't feel like I have to walk on eggshells around him. I don't feel like everything I do is going to like piss him off and make him mad. 
So it eased his stress. And I was thinking about it this morning and it's like, you know, it's been really nice. And basically my husband said this all kind of started after he turned four and he turned four in mid-March and he was actually sick for his birthday. March was a bit of a crazy month for us. He was sick for his birthday. He had a fever that just wouldn't go away. Then I got sick. So April was really, it was just a much better time of year and month for us. And again, he just said things started to get, he started to get a little bit more calmer and a little bit more easier to work with. And his temperament kind of dropped a little bit. Now he still had his big emotions. He is, he is who he is, but we were all better to, better able to handle those emotions and figure out what to do. And there was just overall less stress in the house overall and not And this is where I'm getting out of, I can't pinpoint one thing or another of where this lower stress came from. But what I can say is I think it came from a multitude of things. I think it came from my husband and I together in the house and you kind of get the snowball effect where you do one thing and it affects somebody else and that affects somebody else. And Here's the point of the podcast. Eight minutes in. Thank you for listening to the whole preface to the story because I think if I didn't preface it, it would be hard to to gather around. So we've got this, you know, month, six weeks that things have just been been different in the house. And here's what I thought. I know I've heard the fact, and again, this is not me saying this was all me. I heard the fact a while ago, maybe a few months ago, maybe not a while ago, a few months ago that meditation, that your vibration and your, not necessarily meditation, but your vibration, the energy and emotions that you are feeling seep out into other people. And I believe I talked about this on a recent podcast or a live video that you can, you know, you feel other people's emotions when you're around them and other people can feel your emotions. So when you're around someone who's very positive and joyful and happy you're very much drawn to them. They're the people where you want to spend more time with, where you enjoy being in their company and they just make you feel good. So what I embarked on in the month of April was this challenge. And it was a challenge of myself. I wanted to do a little mini experiment with myself. So I'm, I meditate uh, on a fairly regular basis, a couple times a week. But I, what I wanted to do was meditate 10 minutes minimum every single day for 21 days. So I did that. So I started in the beginning of April and I meditated every, and I did one meditation. So I did a certain way of meditating that involved breathing, um, finding things I'm grateful for, thinking about people and things that I love, and then sending love out into the world. And then I would visualize uh, what I want in my life and then my day going perfectly. That is the basis of the meditation I had been doing. And I said, I'm going to do this meditation for the next 21 days. And if I add in other things, you know, then so be it. I did it for 21 days. I got to my 21 days and I was like, wow, I feel really good. I'm feeling a lot of clarity. Uh, I told my husband what I was doing about a week or so into what I was doing. I told my husband about it. And the reason behind this was because I heard of this study and I, I don't know the full facts, but I heard of the study on NASA astronauts. Uh, and I believe I shared it before, so I'll make it really quick, but they had 21 days. They were wearing these goggles that turned everything upside down for them in their vision to help them get ready for, uh, being in space and low gravity. And what they found was that after wearing these goggles for, um, 30 days, I initially actually thought it was 21 days, but it is 30 days after wearing these goggles for 30 days, 
Even with the goggles on, everything flipped right side up. Their brains had readjusted to look at things. It had readjusted to looking at everything upside down and it automatically flipped it for them. And they did, they kind of tried to repeat the study. And what they did is they had them take a break halfway through the 30 days, take 24 hours off, and then they put the goggles back on. And what they found was after the 30 days, everything was still upside down. So what they concluded was it was the consistency, the every single day um, of doing it changed their neural pathways. It changed how their, it actually changed how their brains worked and operated. And I was like, I'm gonna, and I heard about this through, uh, someone who talks about the law of attraction and manifestation. So I said, I'm going to try this. And I wasn't doing it for manifestation. I just wanted to do this meditation for 21 days and see what happens. Again, I get to my 21 days. I actually extended it to 30. My 30 days was yesterday. And I'm just going to kind of keep going with it. But what I started to notice was I started to notice changes in myself. I was becoming a little bit more present. I was gaining some more clarity on my vision and what I wanted for my business and my work and our lives and all of these things. I just started to gain a little bit more clarity in what I wanted. And again, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that, but it just kind of helped me to clear my mind and look at my thoughts and kind of ground me. So every single day I was grounding myself in the present, in the moment, and really thinking about you know, really exuding these positive emotions of love and gratitude. And I think that was a big piece of it, not necessarily the visualization piece, but really the love and gratitude. And again, goes going back to those, I was feeling that love and gratitude and that's the emotions I wanted to feel. And then that was vibrating out of me and affecting those around me. So again, I told my husband about this study and he's like, all right, I'll try, I'll try it. So he's been doing meditation uh, on a daily basis And I don't know exactly what he's doing, but I know he's meditating every day. And he's probably about halfway through at this point because I was, it was about halfway in when I uh, told him about it and he started doing it. So again, this is about mid-April when he started doing it. And I feel like it's helping to ground him and release some of his stress. And then at the same time, I'm doing this work. So then I'm feeling all of these really great emotions of love and gratitude and grounding myself. And now in our son, we're seeing these a little less stress. And it's almost like everything, all of the pieces of the puzzle together are lowering the, are lowering the stress and anxiety in our entire house. And we're all, what we are all doing is affecting each other and we're affecting those around us and the people we're with. And that's what I find the most interesting. And that's what I think is just so incredible. And whether it's, you know, it's meditation is your choice or journaling or going for a walk or whatever brings you in that moment. So I'm a big advocate for meditation because it works for me. And I understand it doesn't work for everybody, but it's that grounding, that breathing, that's feeling those, that gratitude. And I really believe this comes so much from the love and the gratitude. So whether it's writing down three things you're grateful for every day or thinking about things that you're grateful for right before you fall asleep at night, or waking up and saying thank you for three things, or whatever it is, I believe it's the emotions that when we think of gratitude, our body reacts in a certain way. So we think about these things that we're grateful for, it makes us feel good, and then physically within our body, our body reacts in a certain way. You feel a little lighter, your heart feels a little more open, you feel a little more peace, maybe a smile comes to your face. And physically with inside our bodies, our cells are changing and our vibration that we're sending out into the world is changing. 
because we're simply thinking about something that we're grateful for. And our minds, our minds are amazing, amazing things. And I've been doing so much learning and just reading on our minds and how they affect our physical bodies and our brains. And again, those neural pathways, you can change your neural pathways within your brain. And what I'm learning is that our, when we think about something, our body doesn't know the difference between real, what's really happening in front of us and what the thought is in our head. So whether we think about something super, super positive or something super positive is happening to us, or we're in the middle of this really amazing experience, or we're on vacation, our body physically reacts in a different way. So think about when you're at work versus when you're on vacation. How does your body physically feel when you're at work and when you're on vacation? It's different, right? It's got to be, unless you have a job that you love, then that's a whole different story. But for I believe the majority of people, and I, I can say this because I was there of, A year ago, my body was stressed and I was sick and I wasn't feeling good. And it was because the emotions I was feeling was causing this stress reaction within my body. But anyway, so going back, so just realizing that that emotion, our emotions have an effect on our physical bodies. And then the next piece is our brains don't know the difference between real and thought and imagination. So when you think of things that you're grateful for, your body, body physically reacts in that, that light, that good feeling way. When you think about things that are stressful, your body reacts in a stressful way. Whether you're in the middle of a stressful moment or not, just thinking about it puts you in that emotional state and then your body physically starts to react. And I'll explain this briefly, but my body was physically reacting in the way of bloating and constipation and I was, you know, retaining water and I was, you know, my face was swollen and and physically that's how my body was responding to it. And I knew it. And I'll share that on another podcast of how I was listening to my body to say, I'm, I'm dealing with stress. And it was really the first time in my life I really allowed stress to affect me that, that heavily. And that's when I knew I needed to make a shift and a change. And, but what I'm experiencing now in my life is completely different because I, I listen to my body and I listen to my emotions. And when we do these things and when we ground ourselves and we feel these positive emotions, whether it's meditation or yoga or walking or journaling or gratitude, we affect those around us. When we reduce our stress, so say you're coming home from work and you're bringing your work stress home to your life, to your kids, to your husband, to your spouse, to your friends, to the people you're talking to on the phone, you're bringing that home. You're not... You're not letting it go and leaving it there. So maybe that means spending 10 minutes in your car doing a quick meditation to ground yourself or before you leave work, doing a quick walk around the block before you walk into your house or whatever that means for you, taking those moments to ground yourself, to let go, to put yourself in the space of work is work and now I'm home and now I want to be home. Because when you bring that stress home, you're bringing that stress to everybody within your household. You're sending that stress to everybody in your household. And I speak from experience because I did it. I've watched my husband do it. When he's got a stressful day at work, he brings it home with him. Not as much as he used to, but every now and then, like we're feeling it. And I'm telling you, since he's been doing this daily meditation, it's been less and less. And, you know, he would bring it home. And I remember saying to him, like, this isn't fair. Like you're bringing this home. to uh, You're taking your work stress out on us. And it's affecting everybody within this house. 
and it's hard, it's hard to have that conversation, but it's one you need to have. So when you're bringing that stress home and that anxiety and that worry, it's filtering into everybody within your house. Whereas when you bring home that groundedness, that lightness, that gratitude, that love, that peace, you're sending that to everybody in your household. And then that changes everybody else and can be an effect on everybody else. So how the question would be, how do you want to affect the people in your life? How do you want to affect your family? Do you want them to feel good when they're around you? Or do you want them to feel bad when they're around you? It's a hard question to ask, but I think it's very eye-opening. So before you walk into your house after work saying, how do I want my family to feel? Do I want them to feel bad or do I want them to feel good? And you make that choice. Then also while you're doing this and you're meditating and you're feeling gratitude and you're grounding yourself, you begin to become more accepting of others. You find yourself being a little less judgmental and you're letting go of others' possible opinions of you and you're worrying less because you're so grounded in who you are and what you want and that you feel good. You're like, I don't want that to taint how I feel. And you start to see those negative people and you start to realize, I don't want to be around them. I don't want to engage in that conversation with them. I'm going to walk away from this gossipy conversation because it doesn't feel good to me. And you're going to be so grounded in who you are and what you want that it makes that decision easier. And it's not about feeling guilty because you can say, no, I'm good. I don't, or you could just walk away. You don't even have to say anything to anybody. You don't have to tell anybody how you're feeling or what you're doing, but helps you. And then when someone has a bad opinion of you or somebody's talking behind your back or, you, you know, somebody says something that hurts you or sends you an email that makes you feel bad, you can be upset about it for a time being, but then you can then bring yourself back to that grounding, bring yourself back to those thoughts of gratitude, bring yourself back to that yoga practice, that meditation practice, that breathing practice, whatever it is that you find that works for you. And that settles you and that grounds you. And again, that changes your physical body and it changes how you feel and how you react. It is reducing your stress. And at the same time, you're becoming more self-aware. You're understanding your own emotions and you become more self-aware of like, oh, when this happens, I feel this way in my body. When so-and-so says this about me or when so-and-so's around, when we're having a conversation or I have lunch with this person, it makes me feel icky. It doesn't make me feel good. I walk away from the conversation complaining more and feeling more negative and not excited to go back to work or not excited to go home or more pissed off about somebody else in the office or whatever it is, you bring those feelings with you, but then you start to become self-aware. And before where you probably didn't even realize that, like, oh, that was a great lunch with really good food. And then you're in this negative state, but you don't even, you actually don't even realize you're in this negative state and that that was the lunch and that conversation and that topic is what made you feel that way. So when you do this, when you start grounding yourself and you start meditating and really getting in touch with, you know, you and how you're feeling, you become self-aware and you start to understand how your emotions are and how they affect your body. And then the beauty happens when you can start controlling your mind-body experience. You can get off the phone or come back from that lunch. Maybe it's not a voluntary lunch. It's one you had to go to. But you can come back from that lunch and go, I don't feel good. I, I want to feel good. I want to change my emotional state. And you can find your meditation. You can find your gratitude. And you can change your emotional state. It is a choice. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to feel good. And that's what this is about. 
So yes, somebody else might make you, you know, you might be around someone and they might bring some things up for you, but you have the choice to walk away and to switch your frame of mind and to reframe how you're thinking, which then in turn changes how your body feels. And then in turn changes what you send out to other people. So when you start doing this, you start affecting people around you. So maybe there's someone you're really close with and they're just a very negative person and you just kind of start stopping and you don't stop talking to them. You don't drop them from your life. But maybe when they start a conversation that you know isn't going to lead in a new direction, you might be able to shift or change the conversation because you know where it's leading you. And you're like, no, nah, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Can we talk about something else? And by you doing that, by you shifting, by you sending out love and gratitude and those positive feelings, you will start to naturally affect those people around you. So I want to read this really, uh, this for you, because this was, it was just very interesting for me. Um, let me make sure I get it right. So give me one second here. When you do this, when you start taking care of yourself and you start grounding yourself and you start focusing on yourself, and this is where I was when I started my 30 day meditation, it wasn't to affect anybody else in my household. It was purely selfish reasons, purely selfish of, I need to do this for me. And it was also an experiment. I just want to see what happens. It was clearly an experiment worth doing, FYI. But I did it for me. I didn't do it to affect anybody else in my life. But the effect it's had on my husband and now my son and most likely my other son as well, even though his isn't as overtly showing, it's affecting other people. Here's what I want to read to you. Um, I lost my place. You don't intend it to happen because when you benefit, others benefit. And when others benefit, they benefit you in turn. So you're doing something for yourself, most likely for selfish reasons. You want to exercise to look good. You want to meditate to feel good. You want to whatever it is. You want to do these things because you want to get your emotional state in the right place. And then what happens is you benefit others. And then when others benefit, they then bring that back to you. And it's this beautiful synergy and this beautiful relationship where Now there's positive emotions coming from both ends. And then that person, because now you've maybe brought a little bit of positivity to them, they can bring that to somebody else. And then it's that snowball effect of where else can this go and where else can this carry through? So I look at it for my four-year-old son. Did what my husband and I doing affect the energy within our house, which then affected him, which affected his emotions and how he could handle his emotions at the age of four, which then he could bring to school which might be helping him handle situations at school that might not make him happy. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but that's just my, that's potential. That's the potential of the snowball effect. And it's, it's incredible that it's actually called, uh, economists call this the network effect. And it means the value you get from something like a cell phone increases as more people have it. So if you're one, if you have a cell phone and your friends don't, I mean, now we're, it's 2019, but if you have a cell phone and your friends don't think back to those days when only some people had a cell phone and the more that people got one, the more they were necessary, the more there was a reason for one. Um, So the value grows around this product or this thing, the more that people do it, the network effect. I saw this other, or I was reading this other article And the one headline read, transforming yourself transforms the world around you. As you transform yourself, now I'm reading word for word, the world around you cannot help but be transformed also. The universe is a projection of consciousness. So as you become healthier, happier, and more peaceful, 
This automatically reflects in the world you create around you. Deepak Chopra has said, social transformation comes from personal transformation. So you, you know, if there's something out there in the world that you don't like, that you don't appreciate, that doesn't do, it starts with you. It starts with a personal transformation and then that emits out to others. So let me, I'm going to read a little bit of that one more time just so you kind of see it. As you become healthier, happier, and more peaceful, this automatically automatically reflects in the world you create around you. Deepak Chopra, Chopra, oh, Deepak Chopra has said, social transformation comes from personal transformation. So when you change yourself, you affect those around you. So can I actually say what my husband and I are doing affecting our family? I can't say that scientifically. I don't have proof, quote unquote, proof of it or data. But I can tell you that I truly believe that when I started my transformation, I shared it with my husband. He started his own transformation and it then transformed within our household and can then you know, continue to transform and continue to move forward and continue to spread this out to friends and family and people that we come in contact with so that we, you know, as a group, not just me, my husband and I, but we as a community, as you listening, as you make your personal transformation, you're then creating social transformation. So together we can do that. We can do that within ourselves, within our families, within our colleagues, And within the greater world around us. So don't ever underestimate what you do to create personal transformation because it is affecting the world around you. Don't underestimate the value of meditation, of grounding yourself, of gratitude, of self-awareness. These are so, so valuable to our world. They create changes within your physical body that allow your physical body to stay in, in good health. And then they create changes in other people around you. I'm going to read this one last quote, but I heard it this morning on Jim Fortin's, Jim Fortin, F-O-R-T-I-N, his podcast, episode 13. A toxic mind creates a toxic body. Feel good thoughts. Your body will react in a healthier way. Think toxic thoughts, negative emotions, anger, frustration. Your body will react in such a way. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. I went a little longer than I intended, but I just, like I said, I just have my notes and then I go with the flow and kind of see what comes out of me. I hope you found some value in this today. I hope if you've never made it meditated before that you will try it. Or if you've never thought of a gratitude practice that you might think about writing down three things you're grateful for every single day. One more thing, because as I think, talk about gratitude, I am reading this book by Dr. Joe Dispenza and what, no, it wasn't Joe Dispenza. It was Sean Aker on Oprah's podcast recently. And he had shared that there were MS patients that they had, he talks all about, he's a happiness researcher and he had patients write down, I don't know if he did it or it was a study that he read about. MS patients had to write down something that they're, they'd spend two minutes a day writing down what they're grateful for or thinking about gratitude. After the study, and then months later, they realized that because these MS patients thought about all that gratitude, they were able to drop their medication by 50%. Gratitude changes your internal being. It changes your body. It changes how your body works. It gives you a healthier body. 
So if that doesn't kind of make your eyes go a little wide, I don't know what will, but thank you so much for listening. I am finally finished for today, but if you have questions on any of this meditation or gratitude or these practices and you want to learn more, please send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram, send me a message on Facebook. I'm more than happy to share this with you. Um, or just let me know your thoughts on the podcast. If you listened and you're like, wow, that was really, really powerful. Or I got this nugget of information out of it. Or I really liked that you said this, or this really resonated with me. Screenshot it, share it on your Instagram, share it with others so other people can find it. Or you don't want to share it publicly, send me a DM and just let me know. Because when I get those messages, it gives me hope. And it's, it's, I feel grateful for your comment, feel grateful that I know you're listening and feel grateful that I know I'm able to help you or give you some little bit of information that maybe makes you think a little bit more. And I appreciate hearing it. So don't ever hesitate to send me an email, a DM, a message, whatever it is. I'm so grateful for you. And if you haven't yet jumped on the wait list for my Stepping Up Mastermind monthly program, working out the details now, going to be opening the summer of 2019. I'm doing a special for the first month. And if you're on the wait list, you'll be the first one to join. I'm actually limiting the number of women I'm letting into the mastermind. So if you really want in, hop on the wait list. You can get it at NikkiGingrich.com slash mastermind. And in the mastermind, we're going to change topics every single month. We're going to be talking about things like this. We're going to bringing in experts in so many different topics on personal development, personal growth, but also parenting and money and finances and career and all of these topics. I'll be bringing in an expert each month to do a video that you can ask questions to. You can get access to these experts just for being a part of the monthly membership of the monthly mastermind. And it's just, they're going to be incredible and amazing. I'm in talks with a woman who uh, does parenting classes as a parenting expert. And it, I, it's incredible. And I'm just so excited. And the women that have done the three month mastermind program with me, we are still in the middle of it. We've got a couple weeks left of our mastermind and we've talked about scheduling and effective scheduling and time management and mindfulness and meditation. And we're about to listen to, well, this, by the time this goes live, we would have already done it, but talking about money and finances and all of these really great things. So I'm excited to open it up and make it a recurring program because these don't, these changes don't happen in one month, two months, or three months. They happen month after month. So if you are interested, or if you are intrigued, sign up for the waitlist, nikkigingrich.com slash waitlist. Or again, send me a DM, a private message, an email and ask me any questions or just let me know if you have any thoughts. All right, I'm done. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Stepping Up podcast. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that we can share this message with more and more people. Together, let's redefine what life as a working mom looks like and feels like. Until next time, have a great one.